What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. On today's show, I'm going to talk about a epiphany, a huge aha that I had yesterday in talking to my chief of staff, Jennifer. I realized that there's a decision-making process and a thought process that I go through that I think is stemmed from all of my training as a helicopter pilot in the Navy. I got pretty clear on it in talking to her, and I want to share it with you today because I know if you can adopt this, if you can learn it, if you can train to it, it's going to help you in your business and in your life, frankly, and it's going to help you be a few steps ahead of your competitors or anybody else that's out there that you're competing with. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right. So yesterday we were talking, at the end of the day, I got back from Detroit. I was at a a real estate meetup with some of our seven figure flipping members and uh, Jennifer and I were talking uh, Jennifer works for me as the chief of staff for me so she handles a lot of the high-level projects the communications the emails all that stuff and uh, works with different partners of mine different people inside the company and multiple companies across everything that I'm doing she's helping me run the barn project over the farm right now she's managing email managing communications managing my calendar the podcast the uh, communication with my COO inside Seven Figure Flipping, uh, the communications with my partners over at Seven Figure Multifamily, and really trying to just hold it all together. Um, she's the one, if you didn't listen to the last podcast, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to the last podcast. She's the one who took my phone to Missouri, so I wouldn't have it. And I'm making this on a voice memo on a new brick phone that I have that has no apps, no nothing, no phone number, none of that stuff. And it's basically just a bat phone, like emergency phone, if I ever need it, I can take pictures and video and do things like this on it. So really declutter and de-stress my life so I can think, I can have clarity breaks and all that stuff. So I was talking to her and we, I was giving her a download of you know, performance, how she's doing, um, things that I would like to see from her. She basically asked like, what could I do better? And really the one word that kept coming to mind was initiative. Like, how do we take initiative? Like, how do we go out there and take initiative and how do we think a few steps ahead of other people? And so I, I, in that conversation, I really just tried to think back. I said, I said, at one moment of the conversation, I said, you know what? I feel like it's a military thing. And she said, you're probably right. And in that moment, I realized that it is. And it was a big aha. I went back to my training as a helicopter pilot and I told her a couple stories of, of what it takes for us to do that and become an aircraft commander and be able to sign for a you know, 10, $20 million airplane and a bunch of other people's lives on the line. So when we go out and we sign for the aircraft, we're responsible for everything that happens to that aircraft and everybody inside of it and everybody outside of it that is part of the operation or anything that we do. It might be a, a flight of two or three H-60s that I'm out flying with helicopters and I'm the aircraft commander and I'm also the lead pilot. So I'm in charge of my helicopter and all of theirs. So. In, in that whole process, we go through a huge training scenarios. It's all scenario-based training, and it's, all, it's always you learn the rules, you learn the laws, you learn the systems, you learn the emergency procedures of the aircraft, you learn um, what, what's required to do certain missions, you, re, you learn all of this stuff. And then you're put in scenario-based training and questionnaires with other people who have been there and done that before. And you go through 
what the weather's like, what's happening. An example would be if I'm out on a flight and we're just doing um, a training flight, just a simple training flight where we're doing landings and takeoffs and, and approaches and auto rotations and things like that. And then we get a call on the radio that says, hey, there is a, a sailboat that tipped over in the Pacific Ocean and I, we need a helicopter to go do search and rescue. There's a lot of things that have to happen to transition and adapt from one mission to the next. And I got to know all the questions to ask. What's the weather? What's the currency? How much fuel do I have? Who's in the helicopter? Um, what is uh, do, what information do we know about it? Is I got to get the commanding officer or somebody to approve for me to switch from a day familiarization flight to a search and rescue operational flight? Am I allowed to switch? Am I are, are we current? Am I current on my um, my coupled hovers? Am I current on search and rescue? Does my swimmer in the back have his gear? Do we have to go back to the squadron to get to land, to refuel, to load up and get all of his gear and get him dressed out? You know, what do we have on board? Um, was it, if it's a sailboat, not too bad, but if it was a, a F-18 that ejected, do I have, uh, do I have a stretcher for them? Do I have all the things that I need? Do I have neck braces and back braces and are, are we equipped? Do I only have one air crewman in the back or do I have two? And I know you probably don't know what I'm talking about right now specifically, unless you flew helicopters, unless you're in the military, but I have to ask all these questions to find out what my best decision to make is and how to make it. And so I gather as much information as I can to make the best decision that I can with the information that I have at the time so that I can stand in the fire if it doesn't go well or if it does go well at the end of the mission. When my commanding officer says, why did you do this? Why did you do that? Why did you do this? If the person dies in the water, did we do everything that we could? Were we by the book? Can I stand there and say, I made this decision with this information because of X, right? And so what I do is I go through three or four different contingency plans in my head. I work through all the possibilities. And the big aha that I had was I assume that everything's going to go wrong. And I try to figure out if this goes wrong, what am I going to do? If that goes wrong, what am I going to do? And I have two or three backup plans and contingencies already worked out before I even head out to make a decision on what I'm going to do. And I think most, and that's how I get two or three or four or 10 steps ahead of anybody else because they just go into it and say, okay, like this is the project. I have to manage it. It has to be done by this time. But there's a lot, there's a critical path in there. There's a lot of things that if one thing goes wrong, it throws off the entire timeline, the entire project, the entire budget, everything. And so I think the reason I'm really good at managing projects is because I've been trained in very high level, like life or death project management, where I'm deciding, I'm getting as much information as I can, as quickly as I can to make the best decision that I possibly can. And it's my decision. And I'm going to stick to it and I'm going to stand up for it. And if some new information comes, I'm going to adjust my plan. And so I'm always assuming that something's going to break even before I start because then I can work through the two or three things that are going to need to happen. So when it does break, and it might not, but when it does, when something happens, when something blows up, I've already thought through it a little bit. I've already come up with a plan and I can immediately just jump into action and, and shift gears and start doing the new plan. And so I think that's a huge, I don't, I don't exactly know what this is called, but I feel like it's high level scenario based training that allows me to think a certain way to be able to make decisions and go through lots of scenarios of contingencies way ahead of time. So I'm prepared when things go wrong. And I just, I just know it's going to happen. 
Like it's just, I know it's gonna happen. And so I'm always thinking, what would I do if? What would I do if? What would I do if? And I think a lot of people out there, a lot of my competitors, a lot of people inside my companies, a lot of folks inside of our mastermind group, you listening to this, you probably don't think through, think through lots of different scenarios when you're, when, when you're doing things. You're just assuming that everything's gonna go right. And a lot of times it does, so we're off the hook. But the reason why we're not hitting and achieving massive, incredible levels and getting things done early and on time and on budget and, and we're working with people in a, in a great manner and we're, we're incredible leaders who, can, who people look up to and say, man, I wish I could operate at that level. It's because there's a lot of scenario-based training and there's a lot of, of thinking and, and structuring and going through lots of different contingency plans in our head on a regular basis. And so I'm gonna crack this, crack this code. I'm gonna figure out how to do this training for my staff, my team, uh, for our members, for you guys that are listening to the podcast. I'm at, at Flip Hacking Live. I'm gonna try to figure out how to crack this code and how to teach this and train this. And granted, we're not gonna be sitting on the beach in a bathing suit and uh, lifting weights, doing push-ups, carrying logs around uh, like the Navy SEALs do. However, I do think that there's a lot of scenario-based training that can be done during peace times, during times where you're not in the thick of it, that's gonna help you when you are. Because all of this training, all of these questions, all of this stuff that I did at the desk, we do a lot of the scenario-based training at the desk, at the squadron, and question and answer in uh, mock boards. We call them mock aircraft commander boards. And I do that over and over and over again so that when I'm in the aircraft, it becomes easy. And we do it in de-stressed, low-stress environment over and over so there's rope memorization that just happens so that when we are in a high stress, we just kick in. We just make a decision and go with it. And we don't think about it. And I think a lot of people just try to overthink everything that they're doing and wonder what everybody else thinks instead of just making a decision and being able to stand in the fire. Like make a decision and be able to stand up for it and say, this is why I decided and did what I did and be confident. And that's when people, that's leadership. That's when people look at you and say, I will follow that person. Like, I believe in that person. I will do what the, I, I trust that person. I'm just going to go. When they say jump, I'm going to say how high. And I've seen this in many, many leaders in my time. And I think it's about, you know, they, they've practiced this over and over and over again, even before it happens. Uh, I've never been in a firefight in, in my helicopter, in the military, but I know exactly what I have to do if it ever comes. I've never had to do an engine off auto rotation in a helicopter in an H-60, but I've practiced it thousands and thousands of times. My airplane engine has never failed. I've never had to do a dead engine glide to a runway and stick the landing, but I know exactly what I would do if it happens. So I'm gonna challenge you right now. I'm gonna challenge you right now to do some scenario-based training to think what would happen and, and try to think through some, some different scenarios. If you're flipping a house right now and you're expecting it to sell for a certain price or a certain, at a certain time, start, start thinking about what would happen if it doesn't. What would happen if, um, if it doesn't sell on time, if it doesn't get to the price that you want? What are you gonna do? Do you have a backup plan for a rental? Do you have a backup plan for an Airbnb, a short-term rental? Do you have a backup plan to owner finance the property? Are you gonna take a discount? Like, 
what's going to happen? Do you have a plan if that contractor doesn't show up? Well, when that contractor doesn't show up um, it, it, or doesn't hit their timeline or their budget. Do you have a plan? Do you work through when a plumber is supposed to be in and be finished by a certain date and then you have an electrician coming in right after and then right after that you got drywall and right after that? And what happens if this plumber doesn't hit their deadline and their timeline? What happens if the plumber doesn't hit their timeline? What happens if uh, the, all these things happen? What are you going to do? And work through all of that so you're prepared and ready for that. And you've got backups. You've got ideas. You've got plans. And so when it doesn't happen, when everything doesn't go right, you're ready for that. So that's the challenge that I have to you today is go through some of this scenario-based training. Start thinking through if all these things go wrong, what if? So then you're prepared. And I hope everything goes right for you. But in the end, I would say if you think everything's going to go right, it's probably 30 or 40% of the stuff that you think is going to go right that's not. Every single year when I plan my my goals, my uh, my what I want to hit, what I want to do, I'd say about 50% of the stuff usually comes true. And about 50% of because it's it's not a perfect year. I don't have the, the same resources. I don't have the same market. I don't have the same everything. And I have to adapt. I have to adjust. And I have to think ahead of that. And the more I think ahead of it, the more prepared I am for when it happens. So I hope this helps you. I hope this serves you. Um, I did, a, I did a, um, a YouTube video called the OODA Loop. O-O-D-A. And that's really kind of, we take this scenario-based training and then we put it in the OODA loop. We're going to link it in the show notes and uh, we'll we'll probably put it back on the show at some point because it, this really does come into play with that. It's a good combination. And I'm going to plan on doing a training for this in um, in our our event in Mexico that's coming up in April. So I'm really excited about it. We got some breakout sessions. We got some different things. And just this hits me hit me really hard yesterday. And I wanted to come on here and share it with you guys. And I hope it serves you the same way it served me for the last 20 years of my military training. And I realized in business, I've been able to take this and put it into my business life. And it's really, really helped me and supported me along the way. So I hope it helps you. I, uh, I'm looking forward to, to getting some feedback from you guys telling me that this was valuable and beneficial. And if it was, just reach out to me and let me know. You can respond to the email. Email. You can take a screenshot of the podcast. You can share it with some friends um, or just send me a message. And um, I'm on Instagram at Bill Allen REI, at Bill Allen REI on Instagram. Uh, we have our YouTube channel, Seven Figure Flipping, and we have my uh, Facebook page and TikTok and all the other stuff that we do in our email. So uh, I would love to hear from you if this was valuable, if it helped you, and I'll see you on the next show. Bye.